great is our God. Amen. How great is our God. He is wonderful. Oh, yeah, we have to release the children, right? I see all the purple shirts getting up and walking out. Children, you are released. Be blessed. Thank you, volunteers and teachers, for raising up the next generation. How you guys doing this morning? You guys good? I'm excited to be sharing the Word of God with you today. Uh, my wife and I, a couple weeks ago, we got back from, uh, from New England, Massachusetts, so I have to work really hard to get rid of my Boston accent because it comes out real quick when I'm over there. <laughs> I'm five minutes around my family. I'm like, hey, can I get in the car? Can I drive that? Park the car in Harvard Yard kind of deal. You know, hey, let's go to Dunkin' Donuts, you know, that kind of thing. You guys like that, yeah. So I had, to, I had to tuck the Hamilton back in a little bit and come back and like, all right, I need to start enunciating my R's. Let's start enunciating everything. So just happy that you joined us today. Those of you joining us online, welcome. <sighs> so it's good to be home. I bet not many of you woke up this morning or at some point during the week last week and thought to yourself, you know what? Today is a good day to be a huge failure. You know what? I just want to fail so miserably that it's just like, you know, I get an award for it. Like failing in your marriage or failing at your, at your job, failing as a student. No. You, you woke up. You want to be successful, right? It's hardwired for us to want to be successful. Be fruitful and multiply, right? Students, you don't study so hard so that you can fail the exam. You study to pass the exam, you work hard at your, your, your place of work so that, you know, you build, you build that business. Your boss is happy, right? How many of you want to be successful in your calling with God, right? Raise your hand. So let me hear from you. What are some ways that we can be successful in our, in our walk with God? Shout them out. This is, a, as Mark puts it, an open book exam. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. That's a good one. Prayer, essential. Praise, absolutely. Obedient, she's got all the answers. <laughs> That's good. Those are all essential. Giving, I like that one. Serve on the setup team. On the setup team. <laughs> absolutely. You know, without that, you can't be successful in your walk with God. Work in children's church. Going on missions trips to India. Packing shoe boxes on November 14th. You're going to be here, right? Yes. Hey, guess what? I think lunch is provided on the November 13th setup crew, so food's a good thing. Today I wanted to actually, and those are all essential, I wanted to focus on one thing today, that without it, it is absolutely, you, you won't be successful in your walk with God. You can't be. Do you know what that is? It's called obedience. Obedience. Now we're going to look at a section of scripture today where we see obedience in action. Many of you have maybe read this, this section of scripture and have extrapolated dozens of interpretations from it. You've gotten the revelation. But how many times have you read a scripture you know, in a particular season that you're going through, and it meant something different, like there was substance to it. God breathed upon it. You're like, wow, I never saw that that way before. Maybe some of you haven't even cracked open your Bible in a long time. 
Today's a good day to start. So we're going to get into Luke 5, Luke chapter 5. But first, before we do that, I just believe that as we get into the Word, what the Bible says is true, Hebrews 11, what is it? No, Hebrews 4, the Word is living and it's active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's what it does. It's supposed to. It's alive. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this day. God, we come before you humble and, and expectant to hear from you. I pray that you would crack the hearts of stone and that your word would go forth like seed into our hearts and produce fruit unto righteousness. And that we would come away from this day more expectant, more faithful, more obedient, more bold in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Let's read that together. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little way from the land. He sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. Where am I here? I lost my place. There it is. And when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master... We worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break, so they signaled to their partners and in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the great catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. What an amazing story, right? There's lots to unpack there. But what I, what I first want to do and what I... I tend to do when I'm reading scriptures, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in their sandals, so to speak, okay? So, so put yourself in Peter's sandals. He was a professional fisherman. This is what he did and his companions did every single day. And in this case, night. Now, you know, if you're self-employed, you don't catch anything, you don't eat anything. You know, you have, to, you have to pull the work in. So I would imagine that Peter and his companions fished all day the day before, caught nothing. Then like, well, we've got a quota to meet. We've got to meet some numbers here. So it looks like we're working all night, fellas. <sighs> so they worked all night, caught nothing. So Dave comes. They're like, well, guys, we, uh, we got to, I guess, bite the bullet on this one. We have to, we have to go back. I guess we've got to call it a day. We work triple shifts. We're tired. 
Then you see as you're coming into the dock, hundreds, maybe thousands of people that are coming to hear this man Jesus speak. And being in Jesus, uh, Peter's situation, like, oh, farmer's market, great. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm so tired. I just want to go home, catch a nap. Hebrew handballs on later. My wife's got something in the, in the, in the crock pot. I'm hungry. I don't want to talk to anybody. Of course, that question, hey, how is fishing? Nothing. Great. Nobody wants to hear that, right? So what did Peter do after Jesus had asked him, being t- that he was tired, being that, hey, I'm the pro, why don't you just stick to preaching, you know? He's cleaning up his nets. He's putting everything away. He's hearing Jesus say, hey, you know, what he has to say to everybody. He puts his boat out. He's like, all right, I guess I'll indulge this guy. How long is this sermon going to be? And then Jesus asked the, the audacious thing, go back out and put into deep water again for a catch. Peter let down his nets anyway. He indulged the Lord. He obeyed. Even though he wasn't expecting to catch anything, he let down his nets, right? My question for you today is, will you let down your nets anyway? You may not be expecting much, but God's got something in store for you. Choosing to act upon our faith in obedience is oftentimes inconvenient, uncomfortable, and beyond logic. Is this making sense to anybody? Yeah? Faith leads to obedience, right? So let me ask you a question. Why should we obey? And I want to hear from you. Why should we obey? The Lord's got the best idea. I heard someone in the back say something. God has all the answers, right? If, if you don't, you're just going to feel guilty. Yeah. We are, we are the most satisfied when we are walking in what God has for us. I like that. That's a good one. I'm going to call you next time I put together a sermon. This is good. Jesus died for us. We can't see the big picture. These are all wonderful. Wow. If you don't obey, you lose the chance of something happening. If you don't obey, you lose the chance of something happening. Right. Those are all wonderful. You know, Hebrews 11:6, the first part says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please him." I have three points that I pulled away from this, but those, I mean, I would love to include those too. We are including those actually. Well, my first point is that it pleases the Lord. It pleases the Lord. Why should we obey? It pleases the Lord. How many of you parents with children are pleased when your kids listen on the first time you ask? <laughs> like there's no eye rolls, there's no, uh, you know, go brush your teeth. Put the iPad away. You've been on it for three hours. (laughs) No, they listen on the first. That's the miracle we're all praying for. If you're a parent in this room with small kids, that's the miracle we're all praying for. As a boss, you know, when when you're in charge of a a crew of guys, um, it pleases 
the employer when the employees listen. Um, I'm honored and privileged, by the way, to have my, my former employer, Jason and Kristen Walton, in the house today. They, they are my dearest friends. They have changed my life, my family's life, and I'm just really encouraged that you guys are here. So thank you for coming and joining us today. As a service manager for his company at Joshua's Pest Control, um, I was brought in to help, you know, as a service manager to kind of bring up the culture in the service department four, four years ago. And when I first got there, there were some characters. There were some, there were some guys that just challenged authority and had a real difficult time doing what I would ask them to do. I would try to enforce policy. They would do the opposite just because they, like, let me just challenge this guy and see what he's going to do about it. They are not the ones that pleased me. They were the ones that pleased me the less. It was very hard working for them, but as you're changing a culture, you're just enforcing and you're going. And then there's those employees that are team players. Those are the guys that are grabbing a hold of the vision. They're grabbing a hold of what I'm trying to do in that culture, and they're, okay, boss, no problem, boss. Oh, this is amazing. Those are the ones, when the performance review comes around, those are the ones I'm like, how can I bless you? You know, how can we get you to do more and have your influence on the culture as well? Those are the ones. So it pleases the Lord. Luke chapter 5, verse 5 says, Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. So the first point, why we should obey, is that it pleases the Lord. The second is that because God said it, I'm going to do it. God said it. He's the creator. I'm the creation. He's, he's the potter. I'm the clay. He's eternal. I am mortal. He has the plans for me, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, plans to give me hope in a future. So why not do what he said, right? I love what Rick Higgins says. Uh, Rick, if you're watching, we miss you, man. Looking forward to seeing you in the congregation and you and your family. Hope you're feeling well. Abraham, when God called him, go to a land I will show you. And he did. He left his, his family, he left everything that he knew, and he went to a land that God would show him. He didn't know exactly what it was. He was just going to show him. Mary, Jesus' mother, when Gabriel showed up on the scene and said, hey, you're going to conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Son of God who's going to save the world from their sins, behold, I am your servant, O Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Right? In the same vein, Gabriel showed up to Zechariah, this was John the Baptist's father, said that your prayer has been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, who's barren, is going to bear you a son. And he kind of doubted, even though he prayed for it. How many of you have prayed for something so much and for so long that you're kind of just like, at the point I'm not really having faith for this, I'm just praying because it's the right thing to do, right? Yeah. Yeah going through the motions. So I would imagine, I mean, this is a little bit of an extreme story because when he doubted, he was made mute until John the Baptist was born. But I can identify with, with Zechariah in this. 
I've prayed for things and have come expecting, right in the beginning, right out the gate, I'm like, I've got so much faith, I can, man, I'm, I'm expecting to see this happen, and then it doesn't, all right, well, maybe I can involve more people on this, let's pray, it doesn't happen, oh, okay, God, I'll just pray because it's the right thing to do, I've done my religious duties. That's the most extreme story here. But the Israelites, I think Shane was talking about this in pre-service prayer, the Israelites walking around the walls of Jericho seven times, and then at the end of it, we blast trumpets, and okay, I guess. Like, what is that going to accomplish? Like, think about it. Walking around a city wall seven times, and on the seventh time, you blast a trumpet. Yeah, sometimes... Being obedient and stepping out in faith, it's inconvenient, it's uncomfortable, and it defies logic. Does that make sense? So all throughout Scripture, we see a trend of those who had what I call quick obedience. Just, boom, God said it, I'm going to do it. All right. And those were the ones that were the most blessed. Hebrews eleven six, the second half says, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. So we've got the first point, why we should obey. It pleases Him. Second, it's what God said to do it. And the third is God rewards obedience. He rewards obedience. Now, this isn't just a prosperity gospel here, just like, okay, he's not some celestial sugar daddy or a terrestrial taskmaster. No, he's a loving father of his children, heaven-bent on getting your heart and giving you life. As a father, when my kids are obedient, they please me, and I want to bless them, right? So he's... he's the same. Matthew seven, eleven says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, your Father in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask Him? So, God rewards obedience. So we think about why we should obey it pleases him. God said it, so I'll do it. He rewards obedience. What does this obedience thing boil down to? Trust. Do we trust him? Do we trust him enough to obey? Trust equals obedience. So when Peter, and here's, here's something that the Lord showed me in this when I was reading this section of Scripture. When Peter trusted the Lord enough to be obedient, even just to let down the nets, go out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch, not only was Peter blessed, but others were blessed as well. So your obedience, think about this, maybe your obedience Somebody, somebody tells you to, uh, like, you feel it in your heart, I got to go give that guy a hundred bucks. I got to go pray for that person. I'm, I don't step out. That's not what I do. I'm not called to that. I'm not called to serve in the children's ministry, or I'm not called, whatever, whatever 
it may be, maybe God is whispering to your heart right now to be quick in your obedience to something. And you being obedient kicks open blessings, not only for you, but for other people as well. Is this making sense? So, I'll ask again. This is an invitation to let down your nets. We're going to let down the nets anyway. What could stop us from being obedient? Open book exam. What, could, what are some things that could stop us? Human lusts, yeah. Fear? Fear of failure. I'll tell you what, that's a big one for me. Fear of failure is a big one for me. I get a lot of affirmation when I'm succeeding in something. And so I tend, I have a tendency, and I've recognized this. The Lord's been showing me this recently, actually. I have a tendency to back off on something when, I, when there's no guaranteed success, right? Can you relate to, to that? I'm like, I don't know if this is going to turn out good, so let me just put my efforts in what's going to give me the most return on investment. You know, what I think is going to give me the most return on investment. What else? A couple more. Past experiences. Past experiences? Not answered prayer. You know, like, hey, I've tried this before. It's not working. Being passive. Being passive so being pretty, like apathetic about things with, with, uh, with your walk with God. Yeah, those make sense. Pride and self-reliance which leads me to my first point. There's three things that could stop us from obeying is we think we know better. We think we know better than God. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end its way is death. There's another example in the Bible where someone thinks they know better than God. Who was it? Oh, yeah, Peter. Mark 8, verse 31 Through 33 says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer, this was Jesus, many things, and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he was stating the matter plainly, and Peter took him aside. Jesus, hold on. He rebuked him. He said, This shouldn't happen to you. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he, Jesus, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. Do you want to be the vessel for the devil? No. You want to be in line with what God is saying. The second point, fear of man. So back in uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel, uh, we see a so- uh, story of Saul, who was king over Israel. Uh, he wasn't obeying the word of the Lord. Uh, to eliminate all the Amalekites. See, and the people took some of the desirable things. God had said through the prophet Samuel to Saul, completely wipe them out. They are a wicked nation, completely wipe them out. That was what it was. Nothing's to be kept. Nothing. But the people saw that there were some desirable things, even Saul, and they took them. It was the sheep, it was the oxen, some other items as well. Saul then tried to downplay when he was confronted. He tried to justify his sin to Samuel. 
Like, it wasn't so bad. I did what God asked me to do. I, I, I destroyed them. We only kept the good stuff to sacrifice to the Lord. The sheep, see, we're going to sacrifice all that. That wasn't what God asked him to do, though. We, he put extras on there. Samuel called him out on it, and Saul tried to shift the guilt. And then after he called him out again, he tried to blame the people. Your people did it. Man, not taking ownership over your own sin, trying to blame other people for it. First Samuel 15 Verses 22 through 24 says, But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Man. And Sam, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, and so I gave in to them. How many times have you been in situations where you knew the right thing to do, but you were afraid of how people were going to respond, or afraid of looking like a complete idiot, didn't obey the voice of God, and you gave in to the pressure? You didn't do what you were supposed to do. You know, the Bible even says that to know the good you ought to do and choose not to do it is a sin. So, I mean, I think God takes obedience pretty seriously, don't you? And the third point is we don't believe God is good. This is really what it is, right? It's been that way since the beginning. When God said, you may eat of anything in the garden, and, but just not from this tree, and then the serpent came and deceived Eve and said, did God really say that you would die? Yeah, he said this. No, challenged it. Put the seed in her mind that God was withholding something from them. God wasn't as good as he said he, he was. Most, if not all, of the trouble I get myself into has been when I've stepped outside of God's timing and will, tried to push the ball down the field faster because I know better, and that root of that is because I believe that God didn't have my best interest or believed he wasn't really that good. Is it making sense? We sing about his goodness even when sometimes we don't feel it, we don't feel like it. Proverbs 3, 5, verse 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. So, in the case of Peter, are you in deep water today? I have found that God moves mightily in my life beyond my logic, beyond my comfort zone when I feel like I'm in over my head. When I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm drowning in responsibility or decisions to be made, decision fatigue. We've all had that over the past couple of years, haven't we? 
just with COVID and the mask mandates and whatever's this going on, whatever's this, it's just there's so much to navigate through, so much information out there to make a decision upon. It's almost like, let me just bury my head in the sand. Are you financially strapped? Are you, is something going on in your relationships, in your life where you feel like you're in over your head? I'll ask you this, what area of your life is God asking you to first go out into deep water? What area of your life are you needing to obey the Lord? Let's take a moment, close our eyes, dial down, invite Holy Spirit into this situation. Invite Him to speak to you right now. And I'm going to ask several questions here. What area of your life are you needing to obey the Lord? What is stopping you from obeying Him? Is it you think you know better? Is it the fear of man, fear of failure? You don't believe He's good. Do you fear what others might think or how they'll respond? Are you having a hard time trusting him that he has what's best for you? We just read that. And how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, I'm actually... We're actually going to go into a time of just worship and taking what we just asked, what we've gone through to the Lord. You may have been walking around the same thing in your life, like the walls of Jericho, going through the motions, walking around in circles, it seems. I had a prophetic word a few months ago. That if you feel like you're going around in circles, could it be that the master potter is just shaping you into a vessel for fit for his use? So if today you're feeling like you're spinning out of control, you feel like your life's just kind of in deep water, I encourage you to see it that way. That God is shaping you into a vessel fit for his use. That God is asking you to be obedient quickly to what he's calling you to do. To let down your nets anyway. In spite of your flesh. In spite of your doubts. In spite of pride. He is a loving God. Who has a plan for you. He is your father. Hmm. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Let's sing, uh, do it again. And so today, if you're feeling the Lord is speaking to you about stepping out and being obedient, I want to encourage you to just come up front here surrendered, just worship him and bring it before the feet of Jesus.
Can we do that? Yeah. And I'd like to, after we worship for this song together, I want to open up the altar here for those that need prayer. You may have been walking around in circles. You may have been maybe in deep water and you need an encouraging word from God. You need a brother and sister to pray with you. We want to do that. Those of you at home, I hope that the word that was shared today sinks deep and down, deep down into your heart and you are encouraged to look for ways to be obedient and also to search your heart and see, God, what have you called me to do that I'm not doing? Okay? Let's stand together and, uh, and worship. And if you would be so bold as to come down as a sign of just bringing your heart to God and surrender, come down to the front here. And we're just going to worship together. If you need prayer, I would love to pray with you. We've got others that would love to pray with you as well. So come on down. And let's, let's let the Lord do a work on our hearts today. We're so busy doing stuff, task after task, event after event, production. We don't have to do anything other than just worship God right now with, with, the, with the word that was shared and just allow him to touch you. Amen. Sister uh, Michaela has a really um, good word about stepping out in obedience. Yeah, that mic right there. So hopefully encourages you. Hello. My name is Michaela, if you don't know me. Um, this morning, something crazy really happened. Um, actually, so last night I had a dream of um, a man who sexually abused me six years ago. And it was hard for me to even see his face. So the first thing that I did this morning is I prayed and I said, Lord, why did I, why did you show me his face? And the first thing that I heard was, you need to forgive him. And I'm like, no way am I going to forgive him. That is insane. And, but I let my nets down anyway. And I did forgive him this morning. I emailed him and I sent him a message and I said, God told me to forgive you for what you did. And he responded back to me. And this is what he said. He said, you know, this is kind of strange. I had this thought process a couple months ago dealing with my mom, but I didn't know how to contact you because I was blocked on everything. And if you even wanted to see my name, I do understand what you're saying. My intentions were to never hurt someone I loved, and I'm so sorry I did that. Um, I do apologize, but losing you has opened my eyes, and acting the way I did was unacceptable. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for us. I'm truly sorry. I wasn't the greatest boyfriend to you, but you have a great family now, and I hope all is well. Because I let down my nets... I, I now have peace over something that happened to me six years ago.
walking around these walls. Come on, church, let's worship together. I thought by now they'd fall. But you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come. Knowing the battle's won. For you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. Still in your hands, this is my confidence. Promise still stands. Come on, let's sing it out. Great is your faithfulness, the faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. Never fail. Yeah. Come on. We've seen you move, Lord. Come on. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again.
of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His mercies never cease. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. Come on, can we give him praise for his faithfulness? I want to encourage you to get into the word this week. Get into the word of God. Because it is living and active, it will produce fruit in your life. Isaiah 55 verse 10 says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will be led forth in joy. You'll be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Yeah. Again, I'm going to invite you guys, if you want prayer, prayer teams, if you could come down to the front. We want to go after this. One thing, one theme that we've been praying for in our pre-service prayer is boldness. You got to be bold if you want that blessing, right? You got to be bold and let down your nets anyway and go after it. We are going to go after it with you. We want God to touch your heart, touch your life for you to see fruit. So come on down if you need prayer. We're just going to continue to worship and we'd love to pray with you. And if not, yes, you have a word. Gary Mancini has a word he's going to share. After that, you're welcome to stay, receive prayer. If not, have a blessed week. What, uh, what really the Lord spoke to me as you were teaching, Josh, on obedience, I was reminded of the verse that uh, as the that that as we put our faith in the Lord, it's like the the eagle mounts up as wings as an eagle. And what what spoke to me about that was if you think about it, I mean an eagle. Most of the pictures you see of an eagle flying, they're not even moving their wings, right? They're soaring. I mean they do they do flap their wings, but most of the time they're soaring. They're 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 just they're just waiting. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Sometimes when we're waiting for obedience, as we're walking in obedience and we're waiting for something, it's hard to keep waiting in obedience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that gets into this whole thing of persistence. Persistence, 
I mean, that's trust. It's trusting in the Lord and persisting that he does have good for me. And so I can wait on him, even though it's tough, even though I keep circling around, I'm waiting in obedience like that eagle. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's that persistence that keeps us in a place of obedience. And sometimes it's real easy to fall out of that. So I just uh, just wanted to share that. Thank you, Gary. Amen. All right. Come on down. Everyone else, if you, if you have to go, the kids are just about finished up. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching online at home. Thanks for joining us. We love you guys. God bless you. I've been held in your